Tooth and Claw Podcast? Happy Mother's Day? Those both sound like questions to me. <laughs> coming, yes. coming at you. Uh, we got Wes, our wildlife biologist. Here I am. According to our mom, Cindy, you got Jeff, also a biologist. Right, Mom? Yes. You got one person that thinks that. Yep. And uh, Mike, our, our, our biologist. Our? Are you also a biologist our, now? I painted the fence at the Reno Animal Arc. So that's kind of that like counts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're just getting them out <laughs> yeah. these days. So. Like, guys we got biologists. Cindy. Yeah. She was paddleboarding before it got cool. Yeah. Also a biologist. <laughs> uh, welcome, Mom. It's Thanks. our annual. No, just me and you are biologists, Wes. <laughs> that's well, not true. I'm the one that taught you everything Every... oh, about man. animals. We're already off the rails. Who, Who are, you are you talking, talking to? to? Both of you. No, that's not true. <laughs> okay. Absolutely Wes. not. No. <laughs> Jeff, I a, maybe. I had a listener who gave a recommendation for an intro. Oh, okay. Wes, a biologist who poops now but didn't then. Yeah, that's a good one. Accurate. Mike, a coy, elusive cryptid who enjoys cows. So basically a chuka, chupacabra. That's okay. the I don't most know flattering description I've ever heard of Jeff, myself. a himbo, popular with girls because he just uses Nat Geo for kids instead of struggling against the paywall. All right. That's, That's why great. you're popular with. Thanks. Yeah. Susie. Okay. Um, sure. Mom, I would say that you, you know what I would say is that you started, you helped nurture my love for animals. I did. You did. Yep. You took me to the library. You constantly were helping me learn. You helped me start on my path toward wildlife. First step is the hardest. It is. Mm -hmm. You did the most work, Cindy. Not Wes. Wes. (laughs) Let's just keep trying. (laughs) You you said you had a question for me right off the bat? Yeah. So like we had kind of settled in to start recording and mom got up to go get some water. Yeah. Have you ever gone on like a trip or done anything with mom where last minute she doesn't have to get up to go get some water? No, especially <laughs> when this time she already had a cup of water yeah, here. And she had to go get different water. <laughs> it's truly her hey, mom, most famous. Hey, why do you have $20 bills with a bunch of coins on them? Well, you each get $20. Oh, sweet. But every time you say like, you get a dollar deducted. <laughs> what if what I'm is- saying I like airplanes that's okay didn't you tell me that that's how harvey weinstein tipped people at yeah. Sundance? <laughs> oh yeah he, he would, would take start money at like away. 300 and take money away every mistake if they, they like made. breathed that's how still our mom it. does it at restaurants too she puts out it <laughs> she puts out <laughs> 10 one dollar bills not, and takes one away no. every time Ten. they're too slow <laughs> to fill her water up uh-uh. she does and she points at it and she goes <laughs> huh no matter what the final that's bill is true. it's just ten dollars <laughs> yeah. that was mike's mom oh Oh, 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 shots fired geez. already. My mom would kick your arm. <laughs> Hopefully we all walk away with some money. I'm really excited to be a few dollars richer after this. Welcome, Mom. I'm Thanks. just counting yeah. on Glad losing to be all here. 20. Yeah. yeah, in a matter of minutes, probably. <laughs> yeah, one, I'm, I could do it in one story. So we, you know, we've done, this is our third Mother's Day episode now. Yes. Our first one, I feel like, was pretty traditional. We told a couple stories where Mom's had an impact on a wildlife encounter. Mm-hmm. The second Mother's Day episode, you didn't really want to do anything too negative. So we talked about animals that actually helped people out of like kind of dicey situations, which was really fun. Uh, now we're kind of going back to where to where we started. We're going to do another story about a mom that, that saved her family. And it's one that you recommended. I would say more than anyone out there, you probably send us stories 
the most. Good. How long have yeah. you been thinking about this story? Like what you're going to do for Mother's Day? Oh, well, I think about it all year. Yeah. This, this I, I couldn't find the best story. Mm. But this was a good one. I liked it. You know what? the meme of the woman like peering off and all the equations are flying by her head? Yeah. yeah. That's mom thinking about <laughs> the Mother's Day episode. Wes <laughs> actually trumped me because he took the other, the shark one. Because that's Ooh, the one I yeah. thought we were going to Well, hit. you said that one last year, and then you pulled it back because you thought it was too sad. We both pulled it back. Right. And so I didn't think we wanted to do it for Mother's Day because it was too sad we for want, Mother's Day. We don't want people bummed out. No. Okay. Um, well, let's Mom, just start I have a out. question, though. Oh, yeah? Okay. What was the word you were listening to on the computer yesterday? Let me look it up. <laughs> Anth- Shuffles her notes. <laughs> Anthropomorphism. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and you were just a tough one, playing it over and over again and saying it because to I knew I was going to probably say it. I had to ask Wes a question. Anthropomorphism. About it. Mm-hmm. You did a you did a good job. Thanks. Way to prepare. She got it. Thanks. Yeah, it was cute. So <laughs> I just wanted to start with the correction corner. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, and we could start with that word, but on one of the ones with the elephant in the circus, Tyke? you said they murdered the elephant. Do you think that's anthropomorphism? No, because you're talking about Backwards. a human. You're talking about a human action against an animal. An, a human can murder an a, animal. I don't think a human can murder. Well, let's an look animal. up the definition of murder, real quick. Maybe it's personification. Uh, I don't think so. Let's see. Murder: the unlawful, premeditated killing of one human being by another. So yeah, maybe that isn't oh, the right. Cindy, yeah, okay. nailed them. All right. So Is that, it anthropomorphism? And then we mentioned no. your degree. <laughs> You told everyone when you found it? Yes. Okay, but who found the degree? You found it. Okay, thank you. Oh, wow. I will say... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. He took full credit (laughs) Oh, you could say something. Uh, I I have left a lot of stuff at my parents' house Uh since moving back to Montana, and they've been very generous in letting me store my stuff here. And then when I couldn't find my degree, my mom did dig through all my stuff and found it, which was very nice. I actually had it in my file cabinet. She did. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We could fill a whole episode with corrections that mom has sent us <laughs> yeah. after episodes. Murdering an animal. Yeah, but you, this can one, just, you can say this that. Harambe was murdered. Yeah. Okay. This one was the Tyke most was important murdered. one, though. Can I go ahead with it? Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. So last year we recorded a Patreon episode, so I know not everyone um, listened to it. But then the boys put together a little more after they were done, after we were done, and I wasn't there. And Mike was telling a story about a bear getting a little girl, and she was outside because she was so excited about Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I just want to play what they said because it was a little upsetting. Not what, quite as, what we said, or it was a little. It wasn't upsetting, but it was. It was so incorrect. You're playing us. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you think Mother's Day is like the least exciting holiday for for kids for a five year old? Oh, for sure, because it's the one holiday where you have to do something for someone else. Oh. Yeah. You got to do like your little dishes coupon book and stuff. Yeah. And like, dads at least don't really care. But, like, moms, you kind of have to, like, try your best. Right. <laughs> now it's good because, like, you appreciate your mom more, so you can, like, show her that a bit. Yeah, but yeah. when you're, but kid, when you're it little, sucks. it's not great. Okay. So I went to my journal. Okay. <laughs> wow. Here, Digging up receipts. Yes. And here is um, Mother's Day 94, which Wes would be 
10 and Jeff was 5. Jeff told me happy Mother's Day almost every hour of the day, plus lots of hugs and kisses and the card he made. Oh, I don't have it about Wes. I, that was on my other copy. Mm. And then, um, No, I remember that. I okay. was faking. And then, <laughs> and then this is when Jeff was seven. Tomorrow is Mother's Day. All week long, Jeff has been bringing me little presents, telling me he loves me, drawing me pictures, and saying, I'm so excited about Mother's Day. Three more days until Mother's Day, etc. It's been really cute and made me feel really good. What a little mama's boy. Whoa. Okay. So, I just, I, I don't have a real, real good memory, but it seems to me that that hasn't happened in the last 10 years. <laughs> did mm. I did that yeah. that way? <laughs> like a full week's worth of <laughs> I set the bar so, high yeah, as a so five-year-old. <laughs> my point is that it's more fun for little kids when they're little. Uh, All right. So, okay. okay. I stand corrected. Okay. So, not that important, but I think maybe if you disillusioned any moms or families, it was important I think that's to interesting. Say. I think... Every holiday is more fun for little kids, though. Yeah, I do too. And I think that Mother's Day, okay, yeah, I do Wait. too. All right. So you need your like copy of the journal to remember what Wes said. Don't you remember? Well, Wes didn't say anything, but he kept bringing me little presents that day and doing nice things for me, like bringing me drinks. Actions and, speak louder yeah, than words. Yeah. Catching and telling snakes. me he loved me. It sounds like Wes like is the better that. child. Yeah. Did and you then, hear mine? <laughs> then Cy, Cy and Gil did the dishes. Uh, oh, that's okay. big. All right. Anyways, that's all, guys. Okay. I okay. remember I was always excited to bring you breakfast in bed because mm-hmm. I thought that was like that was the like craziest the craziest thing, thing ever. Yeah, height of luxury. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start out with a really quick story that happened in December that's just kind of a, a little one-off that didn't have a lot of story to it, but it was kind of a... A cool instance of a mom really intervening in an animal attack. This is one that we had been sent by a number of, of listeners. It's one that we maybe have brought up before. I don't think so. But uh, it's a raccoon attack. And we're all big raccoon fans here, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mom, would you say you're a raccoon fan? I am. Yeah. Okay. So this one happened in December. It happened in Connecticut. And there's a video of this whole interaction. It's a really interesting video. I recommend you watch it if you haven't seen it. But essentially, it shows this little girl whose name was Riley. And Riley was outside. She's waiting for the bus when suddenly a raccoon ran up and started attacking her leg, like biting her leg, scratching at her leg. It was a very focused, very vicious attack from yeah, this little raccoon. Yeah, it was raccoon. a real attack. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't It wasn't like she scared the raccoon or she tried to pick it up or something. It ran for her right. and it attacked her leg. Likely a rabid raccoon, from my opinion. I couldn't find anything afterward that said whether or not it was rabid, but almost for sure I would say this this raccoon was. It was eating her alive. It was trying to. Yeah, from the <laughs> from the ankle. Yeah, I guess I guess you could say that. <laughs> it was during the day too, right? It was the like attack. middle of the day, which That's... again is like not typical behavior for raccoons. Are never awake during the day. Sometimes, but yeah, it's no, it's not as active of a time for them. It's ever yeah. a few times. Anyway, uh, so her mom, Logan McNamara, she heard all this commotion outside. Her daughter is just screaming bloody murder, which you can hear in the video. She opens the door to see her daughter, her five-year-old, being attacked by this raccoon. And in like one move, she grabs the raccoon by the scruff with one hand and then kind of pulls her daughter around her hip with the other hand and like shoves her through the open door. 
And then you see her holding this raccoon and it isn't able to bite her because she has it by the scruff, but it's like clawing her up. And she turns to the neighbor and yells, it's a rabid raccoon, get inside your house. And at one point she tries to like chuck it and she can't because it's holding on to her arm. So then she two hands it by the scruff and just like hammer throws it. it. Yeah, like a hammer throw. (laughs) So funny. And then the raccoon lands. And it's kind of interesting to me because when the raccoon lands, it doesn't just like bolt out of there. It kind of just like shakes it off again. And it's just like, what the heck? It does the funny thing too where like, it spreads all of its legs and arms all the way out the and like gets like as <laughs> wide as he can. Eagle. So yeah. he's just like cartwheeling through the air. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> toss. Anyway, it was a really interesting one. It was one where, again, probably a raccoon, something wrong was wrong with it. I would guess rabies. Up during the day, man, um, I'm telling you. How do you think the mom did, mom? Yeah. I thought she did awesome. I yeah. thought she was uh, one to so ten on the mom scale. On the mom scale? Ten. No, oh, ten out of ten. Well, 10. you were saying though that she should have Well, I just thought it probably had rabies. So I thought maybe she should keep it. <laughs> like <laughs> How, what would she do to keep it? <laughs> you just go in the garage and stick it in a box. Like put a bowl just over it, it like a, a spider. <laughs> <laughs> so or, we're gonna set this up. Or maybe a dog crate. You're holding you on to a raccoon that is desperately trying to bite you. It's just bitten your child, and you're going to just walk it in the garage and put it in a box? Well, I um, I thought it was biting her, so then I'm uh, like, well, it's already biting already her, mm, yeah. and so why not just try and keep <laughs> it? it or box. I mean, if you could, pounding, I get what you're pounding saying. its too. head sure. on the, killing it, pounding its head onto the step. Ooh. You know, I but I oh. don't think I could do that. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I couldn't do that yeah. one. So I could see you doing that. I you can, think you could... Throw it as far Even as she did. Even putting it in the garage, just wild out in the garage and letting someone else get well, it. You could do that as a prank, too. <laughs> yeah, don't like tell her husband gets home say, like, yeah, hey, there's something in the garage for you. <laughs> the wild thing to me about the video is it wasn't it wasn't like the daughter was a three-year-old. She's just like she's yeah. five. a larger yeah. child. Mm-hmm. And she, the mom just like easily hefts her up like with yeah. her left yeah. hand. Yeah. Right. And just, or right, whatever, one-handed and just casually places yeah, her back inside strength. the safety of the house mom it's strength yeah i think it's all about too whether how scared you are of animals because i think when i was that mom's age i would have been a lot more scared than i am now but i've had some raccoon experience now yeah. so um, she was pretty calm yeah as far as she as far as the situation even like yelling at the neighbors to get back inside and stuff i will say i think your plan of like putting it somewhere is again something that's kind of uniquely American because we understand that we're facing a huge hospital bill if we do have to get the rabies shots. And like you have, if you can test the animal for rabies, it's so much cheaper yeah. than just getting the rabies vaccine. But if you get bit by an animal that's potentially rabid, you need to get the rabies vaccine and it can cost like 10 grand. That's the thing is, um, I didn't think about the bill, yeah. I just thought about the pain i've heard rabies shots hurt yeah and i just thought i really especially if you were bitten raccoon bites hurt i know (laughs) but if you had already (laughs) been bitten and if her daughter had been bitten still then she's saving her from getting all those shots more yeah Uh, all right it'd be funny to put them in a box and then just leave it on your porch and (laughs) then like those people who steal people's packages Give it a get rabbit it. raccoon. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was just kind of a, a warm up. Okay. That was an appetizer. Yeah. Uh, no. It was um, significant. It was an interesting. It was video. a cool one, and mm-hmm. it was it was neat that it the entire thing was captured 
on like a ring camera or something. So all you listeners out there, if you want to see it, just look up Mom Saves Daughter from Raccoon. But we're going to get to our main course now, which is a story about yellow jackets, an animal we haven't featured yet. Mm. Um, So this is from a book called Alive. It's a collection of different stories of people that ran into different problems, some of them animals, some of them natural disasters, a bunch of different things. The author of this particular story's name was Jerry Johnson, and it's about some yellow jackets and a family that that ran into a really particularly large swarm of them. So we're going to get into it. The story takes place in late October 1995, and our main person that we're going to focus on is this woman named Debbie Walker. She's 41 years old. She's a mother of two, and she's adjusting to this new life in the rural wilds of southern Florida. Her husband, Ben, is a native Floridian. He's spent most of his 46 years exploring these dense swamps, these jungles around Florida. And on this fall day in October, he decides to bring his family along for an adventure. So they're out hunting deer and boar. And Debbie is a bit uneasy. She originally was from Maryland. She's not too familiar and comfortable in the swamps yet. And she knows that the swamps are full of potentially dangerous wildlife, stuff like alligators, Shrek. snakes, <laughs> Shrek lives in the swamp. Um, and the main thing making her feel more comfortable was that she was in a, a swamp buggy. So a swamp buggy is essentially like, they're typically these DIY vehicles. I just said, like, mom, get rid of a dollar. <laughs> uh, Uh, They're like these DIY vehicles where people build them up. They typically have an open air platform with a bunch of seats on top. And then these really big tires that are about six feet tall or even taller. And Debbie really liked being on this buggy because it gave her a lot of separation from the ground. They're almost, almost a dozen feet above the ground. So they're there with their family. They brought their kids along. Matthew was four and Mark was two. It's pretty young kids. Did you, would you take us on adventures and excursions when we were that young? I'd take you on excursions, but I w- we wouldn't have taken you hunting. No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it had been a long day. The sun's starting to drop. It gives these large cypress trees, these long shadows over these big expanses of swamp water and grass. The two boys are sleeping on the back seats in the buggy. The buggy's hum is kind of lulling them to sleep. And beneath them in these two large cages, uh, Ben has some big hunting dogs that are also napping. Mm. So it's a real nappy atmosphere on this buggy. Everyone's taking a little nap. Mike, you love a good nap. <laughs> I don't, buggy nap sounds hard, but these sound like professionals. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if true. you could do that. <laughs> so she's, Debbie's kind of getting ready to go. The day's getting a little longer. They'd been hunting all day. They'd been outside a lot. She's ready to go. She tells Ben that she wants to head back home. She wants to get home before it's dark. And Ben says, all we have to do is follow our buggy tracks and we won't have any problem getting back before sunset. So they start heading back. They're going to just kind of drive their tracks back home. After starting back, though, the buggy tires get entangled in some kind of brush. It was a little unclear in the story what that was. But for some reason, they couldn't move. And and Ben had to get out and use like a knife or a machete or something to try and cut this brush away from the buggy. You think the yellow jackets set that trap? They might have. It might have been a trap (laughs) from the yellow jackets. (laughs) Or Shrek. (laughs) It could have been a Shrek trap, too. Yeah. Debbie had kind of zoned out a bit. She's staring out across the swamp when suddenly a yelp from one of the dogs snaps her back in reality. And then she hears Ben yell out, oh my God, and she turns and looks at her husband. Ben's clawing at his jeans, and to her horror, she sees that he's covered from his ankles all the way up to his thighs in this writhing blanket of yellow jackets. Oh, man. It's like that speed racer scene. 
where they throw the beehive into the other car. I kind of remember uh, it, That would be rough. We watched, we watched it, it last, last night, night and I still on. don't remember that it. That would be hard to yeah. drive like <laughs> in a race. I know. Or there's that prank in Jackass where they would like drop the, the beehive in the limo. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> One right. time on Fear Factor, they covered people in the bees. In bees. Yeah. yeah. That was terrible. I don't know why more race car drivers don't use that yeah. strategy. What Wait. did they have to do? They had to just be totally covered with bees, and then their partner had to do something like five times, and they got stung by bees. There's no way I'd do it. I wouldn't yeah. do it for a million dollars. All right. What? I'm never going on Fear Factor with you. You wouldn't get covered in bees for a million dollars? No. I oh, wouldn't. I would do it. So many. There's very few things I wouldn't do for a million dollars. <laughs> what do you think would be the worst thing to have to do five times to save someone else from being covered in bees? Well, like I think your they had to carry. Or something. I think they had to carry something with bees in their mouth or something like that. Oh, so when they do that, they put like a pheromone on them. Yes, and then it, they cover them. Yes, they actually have competitions for like who can have the biggest bee beard oh. and stuff. That's like um, snakes on a plane. The pheromones. It is. It we're going to talk a lot about pheromones today. <laughs> they actually. always get stung though, a little bit. Yeah, usually you get a sting or two. Yeah. All right, so we are going to talk a bit about yellow jackets before we go back to the story. I do think yellow jackets, we're doing it right now, often get lumped in with bees, but they're a yeah. very different animal. That is a beehive in Speed Racer. Yeah, oh, yeah. and it was bees in Jackass, and it was bees in Fear Factor, but these are yellow jackets. Yellow jackets are a species of wasp. Mm. Um, so wasps are very closely related to hornets and less closely re- related to bees. So wasps and hornets are really close, but bees are, are quite different. Wasps and hornets are both predatory insects, and they get a lot of their protein from hunting and killing other insects, whereas bees are getting most of their protein from nectar and from like visiting flowers and stuff. Yeah. Cute. Bees are nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yellow jackets, though, do have some benefits as well, which we're going to talk about. Uh, They all three of them, wasps, hornets, and bees, all three will feed on sugars that they get from fruits or other sources. And that's why if you're at a picnic or something, they're going for your soda. They're going for like fruit, anything sugary and syrupy. They really like to get at. But yellow jackets will actually go for meat too. They get their name from their distinctive yellow and black coloration. Paper wasps have a really similar coloration, but there are a few ways to tell them apart. The Pittsburgh Steelers too. Yep, also yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a good point. Yeah, good job, Jeff. Paper wasps have like an open honeycomb-like nest structure. So sometimes, you know, when you're walking under eaves or something in a house and you see those like honeycomb looking yeah. paper wasps, that's a paper wasp. If you can see into, you can see multiple little pockets and cells in the nest, yeah. it's most likely a paper wasp. Yellow jackets tend to build their nest underground and there's only one opening to it. So they do still make paper and they make these kind of complex nest structures, but they're generally underground and there's generally only one opening. So they're um, like the dwarves of the wasps. Yeah, family. they're building Moria, yeah. whereas the paper wasps are like Lothlorien. Hopefully, they're building don't. stuff in trees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What else? Don't don't dig too deep. <laughs> All right. Mom, you agree with that? Mom's yeah. Do you agree with that, mom? The, the paper wasps are more like Lothlorien. I have no okay. clue. All right. All right. Uh, so, what well, well, would you say they are? Then, yeah. What kind of elves? Of elf. <laughs> You don't need to answer that, Mom. All right. Christmas elf? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Up on a shelf. Uh, paper wasps tend to have um, yellow-tipped antenna, and they fly with their legs out. 
Yellow jackets have black antenna and they fly with their legs tucked in. Mm. Yellow jackets are typically cool. much more aggressive than paper wasps and they will sting sometimes even unprovoked. Whereas paper wasps, you have to kind of mess with their nest to get stung. So that's a quick explanation on the difference between those two because they do get mistaken for each other a lot. So yellow jackets have a really interesting life cycle and a lot of what we're going to talk about, it revolves around that. This is something that I learned as I was doing the research and I really liked it. Only pregnant queens survive through the winter. So only the pregnant queen overwinters. So she on her own starts the new nest and she starts building the paper and she starts making all these little holes for her her new eggs. She goes out and finds food. She defends the nest. She does that all on her own. Um, And then she is storing sperm in what's called a spermathica. And it's essentially like a reservoir in her body that when she's ready to start laying eggs again, she can access the stored up sperm that she has in there. Hmm. Oh, well. What? Just get rid of my money. Yeah. Uh, so you you gave him a weird look when he was talking about sperm. sperm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What does my mom have to I say didn't about even sperm? Hear it Do I, I want to hear this?" Yeah, share your <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> no. All right. So she starts building this really tiny nest, and she creates thirty to fifty brood cells where she lays eggs. Those eggs hatch into larvae, and she's going to go out and find food and feed them for about 20 days until they pupate, and they turn into small, infertile female workers. Hmm. And so it's it's really cool because she's on her own, and then she makes these, like, couple dozen female workers that then get older, and they start building the whole nest around her. And then she keeps laying eggs and keeps making more and more female workers. And once there's enough, she stops working and just starts laying eggs. That sounds, Cindy, Do you think sounds good, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 20, yeah. So is this for all wasps or is it just yellow jackets? I don't know. I can't say this for all of them, but I okay. would guess that there's a similar life cycle to a lot of wasps. Mm-hmm. But this, we're specifically talking about yellow jackets okay. today. So. Once that she's has enough of these workers around her, she's just going to start laying eggs. The workers take over the main chores of the nest. So they're out getting food. They're defending the nest. Only female yellow jackets have stingers. Hmm. So oh, just remember okay. that. She now is just laying more eggs, and the nest is going to expand really quickly. At its peak size, there'll be up to 5,000 workers and 10,000 little cells for her to lay eggs in. Whoa. Up until the fall, every single bug in that nest every single insect is going to be female they're all going to be infertile female workers and then in the fall she's going to start laying male and fertile female eggs she can choose yeah so like that's so cool she actually like will like not inseminate some of the eggs because those ones will grow into male drones because they don't have like the full gene it's really interesting I didn't. I couldn't find a lot of information on that, but one of the sources I so found. So the ones she's inseminates will turn, turn into female. fertile females. Okay. Yeah, she'll lay these male and female eggs like new queens, and they leave to mate when they're healthy enough. So they just leave the nest, and the male drones form these groups that are kind of like bachelor groups. They're yeah. out there on the town. <laughs> Jeff's been there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they patrol large areas looking for fertile female queens. <laughs> And when they find one, they approach in a zigzag pattern. You've also been there, right, Jeff? Mm-hmm. The whole uh, group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they land near the female, and they climb onto her gaster. Haven't Wait. been there. Okay. <laughs> uh, the gaster is like the large part of her abdomen. So it's essentially like her butt. 
They lock genitals. <laughs> Someday. Don't look at me. Someday, Jeff, you'll get there. <laughs> uh, they lock genitals and they mate. And when the copulation is over, the female will release a pheromone or nibble at the male to let him know that her spermatica is full. Mm. And the thought is she does this so that like males aren't wasting energy trying to mate with her because she's full. A really interesting thing is that multiple males will try and mate with her, but they won't interfere with mating when it's happening. Um, but it's yeah, it's very considerate. <laughs> but as soon as the other male leaves, the second male will come in and try mating with the female. And the idea behind that is like often it's that second insemination that sticks that is like going to pass on the genes. So sometimes to prevent this, the first male will just extend his mating with the female. Yeah, just keep that's going. my guy. <laughs> it's like that lady yeah. sheriff who just got in trouble. I don't know about that. <laughs> she was having like all the guy police under her, just like oh, <laughs> take turns. Okay. <laughs> Mom, do you have anything you want to contribute no. to this discussion? No. All right. Can we edit that? We're please? almost through. <laughs> okay. um, sometimes the genital locks are too strong. So these locks that they have, they literally kind of lock together. Sometimes it's too strong and when and they both can die when they try and disengage. So this uh, can be a fatal act for them. Um, the males die after mating. So again, this isn't a great, if you're, I don't know, it depends on, on your perspective. Yeah. But being a male, yellow jacket isn't the best deal. You mate and then you die. And once her, the new queen, once her spermatica is full, she is going to go find a safe place to overwinter, like a hollow log, a stump, soil cavity, a man-made structure. And she goes into kind of like a hibernation state where she passes the winter. And so those are the only yellow jackets in like all these yellow jacket communities, at least in the north, that survive. Just the fertilized female queens. Every other one dies. Those female workers wow. die. Every year. Every year. Oh. And all yeah. the males die? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, what the heck? So that's why in the late summer, early fall, you'll start to notice there's a lot more yellow jackets around. It's because all of those adult female workers are flying around and the males are flying around and these fertile female queens are flying around. Everyone's kind of out. There's only one queen per hive, right? Right. But like one queen in that hive will make a bunch of other queens and then they go start their own hives. Gotcha. There is an exception to this. In warmer places, like southern Florida, where our story takes place, sometimes they don't die. And sometimes hives or nests will go for multiple years. And when that happens, those nests can reach (laughs) up to 250,000 individuals in a single nest. Wow. So they can be absolutely massive. All right. it's still just one queen? I think so. That's crazy. Actually, I'm not sure. I'm not going to say that for sure. It could be multiple queens. We think it might be just one. It would probably have to be multiple, I think. But I don't know. I have to have to look into that some more. Stumped you. Stumped. Take a coin away. <laughs> All right. Take away. Yeah. Do I get? Do I lose coins yeah. for being stumped? No. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. No. How about when I get angry? Do I lose coins when I get angry? I think you should only, give me one of Wes's only coins like for stumping an, um, him. That's fair. For what? For stumping him. No. Sorry. When we were kids, my mom used to do this with us, but she, we'd she'd make us fight. And we'd get dollars if we fought with each other. Right, Mom? <laughs> no. She called them kid fights. She'd film them and sell them. <laughs> Not true. Only uh. one of us got dessert. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So because they hunt and kill insects that are destructive to native plants and agriculture, yellow jackets are actually really beneficial insects to have around. I think they've been villainized. I think most people have this really soft kind of fuzzy feeling for honeybees. Because they're cute and they're kind of our friends. 
But yellow jackets are actually really beneficial as well because they kill a lot of pest insects that do a lot of damage to crops and gardens and things that we eat. And they also sometimes are pollinators just because they'll go kill an insect on like a flower or something. And then they take some of that pollen to a different flower. Mm. That's what I was really wondering is what they were useful for because I really don't like them. They're useful for killing pests, um, for other bugs that eat gardens and do all sorts of things like that. Okay. But they can be a huge nuisance because they sting people and Mm -hmm. they're, you know, it really hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, Female yellow jackets are equipped with a venomous stinger that will pierce the skin of an intruder and inject venom. It acts really quickly. It causes immediate pain. Luckily, it falls off and they die. It doesn't, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they can sting multiple times. The pain can be long-lasting. It can lead to itching, uh, burning around the, the sting site, swelling, and fatigue. And then and death. It can. Exactly. I was just getting there. Yeah. Um, the body often produces histamines to fight the foreign substance, and that causes swelling and itching. And for some people, that histamine response is really exaggerated, which is an allergic response, and it leads to a cascading response that can end up in anaphylactic shock. So some of those symptoms when that happens are coughing and wheezing, problems breathing, problems swallowing, a tightness in their throat, changes to your skin, breaking out in hives, feeling lightheaded or dizzy, passing out, vomiting. Mike, your favorite? Diarrhea. Diarrhea. Really? (laughs) I got to find myself a nest. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Problems living. Do you think you're allergic? Have you been stung any time recently? Yeah, a lot, actually. When I was little, I was always, yeah. Do you think you're allergic, though? Wasp. I mean, everyone is to like a certain degree, right? Right. Your body is going to produce some histamines. You're probably going to swell up a little bit. But but you don't have like your throat doesn't close or anything. Mom, when was the last time you got stung by a bee? Can you think? I like yellow jacket? Yeah, sorry. Any kind of sting from like a flying insect. Yeah, I picked some lilacs and brought them in and I was cutting them up and there was a yellow jacket in it and it stung me. But now... I'm realizing the yellow jacket was, because I was really mad. Uh-huh. Like, it's, oh, it's stupid yeah. yellow jacket. It was just trying to help your it lilacs. Was, yeah, because yeah. they had bugs all over them. Yeah. Okay, so, right. but one time I did get stung on the foot by a bee, and I think I had a reaction. I thought I almost passed out. Really? So I think it could be, like, what the circumstances, too. Yeah. Like, I was hot and tired and oh, yeah, probably sure. dehydrated. So. Yeah. And also just, like, your mental reaction to the pain and yeah. different things like mm-hmm. that too. Do you think it feels good when wasps inject their poison? Like the, no, I was oh, I hate that it. Too. No, for them. Does oh. it feel good to like no, spit yeah, their poison? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I, thought... <laughs> I don't think I've ever been stung by a yellow jacket. Really? Yeah. Just well, two bees. Yeah. Well, That's more Coyote Peterson. One, <laughs> one bee stung me at football practice when I was a junior. Uh huh. I was just like. We were like all grouped up, and so then like I didn't make any noise because I didn't want anyone to think I wasn't tough because yeah. it's like at football, you know. Yeah, and it hurts so bad. It yeah, hurts. It yeah. hurts for a long time. It, it's like every time I get stung by a yellow jacket, I always think I forget how bad this hurts. Yes, yeah. this really hurts, um, and that's why these stories are always. I like to think about that when I when we do stories about stinging insects. 
because I think you can hear about people being stung and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. But then when you just get stung once by a yellow jacket, you just instantly rub it and it just hurts really, really, really bad. Yeah. Um, it's like getting shot. Yeah. It kind of like it. By a little, by a size tiny kids little gun. One of stung on their butt. <laughs> Who? One of size kids. Oh. And it was He's it was got all stupid swollen. kids, though. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Did it swell up? It did. Like a big Weird. old butt. It, I, felt, I felt really bad for him. Yeah. All right. Well, I was going to... Oh, yeah. So I had something else to say about that. Oh, yeah. You bring about up... About his butt? No, no. About... Uh, what other thing... One little side note here. Tangent. You said lilac. And just so you know, I think we're the only two people in the world that pronounce that plant that way. And I've gotten a lot of flack from it. Oh, really? Because I, I grew up saying it the way you say it, which is lilac, which I think sounds beautiful and just rolls off the tongue. But just about everyone else in the world says lilac. Well, I didn't grow up with lilacs. So. Yep. All right. I just want to um, let you know that that's something we can bond we over. We could go on to the computer. They tell okay. how to say words. <laughs> Anthropomorphic. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So people that do go into anaphylactic shock or that have an allergic reaction can die as a result. What happens is that histamine response lowers their blood pressure which means much less blood is sending oxygen to their brain, their heart, and their other vital organs. And their external tissues also get less oxygen. And so those external tissues open up their cells and they swell up with fluids. And that swelling can cause the throat tissues to swell and restrict the airway and can actually lead to suffocation and death. Crazy. So most people that die from wasp, hornet, or bee stings die from that allergic reaction. But you can also just die from getting stung way too many times and having like way too much venom in your in your body. Mm. That doesn't happen that often. It takes about 1,500 stings to kill an average adult man. The CDC reports that between 2000 and 2017, 1,109 people died from hornet, wasp, or bee stings, which is at, averages out to about 62 people a year. Wow. One of them was in Speed Racer. One of them was in Speed Racer. He died from... It's actually like... I would be curious to know if they count people that have like a wasp fly into their car and then they get in a car accident. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that happens more than we that think. That happened to our cousin Eric. He took out a fence. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because there's a bee in his car. <laughs> it happens a lot. All right. So I do think most of these deaths should be attributed to probably the allergic reaction, though. Right. All right. So... You want me to transition back to the story? I'm ready. So yeah. Shrek's got their buggy caught in a trap, yep. and the dad's outside trying to get it untangled, and he's all of a sudden covered in yellow jackets. Yeah, most of that bees. was right. We're going to subtract Shrek from there, um, which we all know I'm not a fan of Shrek. All right. So within seconds, these yellow jackets are swarming the swamp buggy, and the entire family is covered in a cloud of these stinging, buzzing insects. Which, again, for me, like imagining the noise of that, too, would be really overwhelming. Just having that many buzzing insects around mm. your head. To me, it's more the poisonous stings. The stingers. poisonous stings are the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the noise is also... It would be really confusing, is what I'm saying. You would just be like deafened by all these buzzing insects. And before she really even has time to realize what's happening, Debbie starts feeling these stings from the yellow jackets. And she, in her panic, realizes that her young children are also being stung by them. And Matthew wakes up screaming. He's waving his arms. Two-year-old Mark was pleading for his mom to make it stop. So we got Matthew and Mark. They're really upset. They're getting stung. What do you think the odds are if they had more kids, they need them, either Luke or John? 
I'll give you five to one odds. Uh, okay. So Ben climbs back into the driver's seat of the buggy and he's trying frantically to get it into reverse, but it's not budging. And they don't really have time to try and troubleshoot what's going wrong with the buggy. And through this dense cloud of yellow jackets, they're yelling at each other, they're trying to figure out a plan, and they're getting dozens and dozens of stings. And the kids are still screaming, and then these dogs, which are trapped in cages, are yelping and crying out and howling, too. So Mark finally just yells to Debbie. He says, hey, we got to get out of here. We can't. The buggy is a lost cause. So he jumps down from the swamp buggy. Remember, this is like 12 feet. He jumps down in the tall grass and breaks his leg immediately. Yeah. Uh, It buckles underneath him. He can't run away. So he drags himself to some mud at the rear of the vehicle. And he yells to Debbie, says, hey, the, the ground's a lot softer here. Toss me those kids, essentially. Wow. Yeah. And he knows, like, if they fall here, they'll probably be okay. So Debbie's holding the two-year-old, Mark. And the thought of dropping him almost a dozen feet is really scary to her. It seems pretty crazy. But even as she's thinking about it, she starts getting stung again. And she bends over in pain and just drops him. So Mark falls. He lands in the soft mud. He's fine. Debbie then drops Matthew down, who's four. He tumbles down in the swamp, too. And then Debbie jumps down. Wait, why didn't the dad catch the kids? I don't know. (laughs) I was thinking the exact same thing as I'm reading this. But, um, yeah, maybe... maybe She just tossed them in the ground. That's what it said. Yeah. So they, unfortunately, have to leave the dogs behind. Their focus is on saving these kids. The kids are now covered in stings. She and Ben are in the mud. They're doing their best to scrape all these... Uh, yellow jackets off the kids and roll them around in the mud. We're going to talk in a minute why that's a bad idea. But Seemed like a good idea. The mud isn't necessarily a bad idea, but trying to knock the yellow jackets off isn't a good idea. Uh, and when we do what would Mike and Jeff do and Cindy do, I'll tell you why that's a bad idea. Okay. Okay. She suddenly realizes that she can't see anything and she's lost her glasses in all this chaos and she's incredibly nearsighted. Like she said she would even need her glasses to move around her house. So she's just like getting stung, can't see anything, covered in mud. Her kids are dying. The dogs are yelping. Her husband broke her leg. Yeah. Or his leg. Didn't break her leg. (laughs) That would have been. Yeah. That would have been especially bad. (laughs) Uh, So it's, you know, it's getting really bad. And they're starting to see the effect of these stings settle in. Her face is swelling up. Ben's like sees her and sees that she's almost unrecognizable. And he knows that they need to change their circumstances really quickly or all his entire family's going to die. So he tells Debbie to take the two-year-old Mark and just get away from the swarm and that once they got away, he would send Matthew after them. Mom, could you do that, do you think? Like if dad, if we were all in the mud, say me and Jeff are in the mud and dad says, take one of them and go, do you think you could do it? You and um, Cyrus is better because okay, you're two I years think apart. I would take both of you. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think I'd split up. Yeah, I was a little curious about that too. Yeah. And I think that was probably one of the hardest things for her is yeah. running away. If you but, had to pick which one you took, yeah. which one would you go <laughs> Between with? Between me and Cyrus. Cy. Well, Cyrus would be better, I mean, at four, would be better at walking. Going with you. But yeah. um, Wes actually having a littler person, I don't want to leave him at, I mean, it seems like it would if the bees would affect them more. The hornet, and the you yellow do jackets. think about yeah. that yeah. as a mom. Yeah. 
I mean, like we said, it'd take 1,500 stings to kill an adult man. Yeah. It's significantly less to kill a two-year-old child. Right. Sophie's choice. Yeah. Yellow jackets. It's a real Sophie's choice. But I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure why. It's tricky. This one. Me neither. Mm -hmm. But she does grab Mark. She stumbles away from the cloud of insects. And within a few dozen yards, they stop chasing her. So she manages to get away with Mark. And she sets Mark on the ground and turns back for Matthew. But he's already crawling out of this swirling cloud of yellow jackets. Ben is still inside. Mm -hmm. So she tells the two kids to stay put. And she puts her head down. And then she runs back into the swarm, hoping to be able to get Ben out. But he's like 6'1", 220 pounds, and there's nothing she can do to pick him up and get him out of this mud and get him out of the swarm. So she, her speech is starting to slur. She's really panicking. She's pleading with him to get up. She says, Ben, what are we going to do? And he just calmly tells her that she needs to leave and go get help. And she says, leave me, leave the kids, go get help. And he knows that if she tries to take the kids with her or whatever, they're going to slow her down and she just needs to get some help. She knew her history. She knew she had an allergy to stings. She could die if she stayed there. And she knows that Ben's right. But it'd be really hard. Like, that'd be a hard thing to do. So hard. Yeah. Is there any other, like, animals out there? Yeah, I mean, they're in South Florida. There's tons of alligators. There's, Mm. like, lots of venomous snakes. Yeah, there's stuff for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a impossible choice. Yeah. Because I just can't imagine leaving you guys. But if it's between, I mean, if it's the only way, which it might have been. Yeah. So, I mean, we weren't there, but I just can't imagine leaving. What if the wasps told you they would stop stinging us if you went to the moon? <laughs> I'm not going to the moon. <laughs> okay. I didn't think so. Well, You'd let them stick us to death? No, I... That's the only way we're getting out of there is if you go to the moon. I guess we all die together. All right. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> My mom really doesn't we're want gonna to We're going to die moon. sometime. All right. Might I as mean, well die together, right? I don't want to be way on In the moon horrific dying pain. while you guys are You're not going to die. All right, whatever. Okay. So Debbie says, I love you, Ben. I'll try my best. He watches her stumble off into this evening light, and he says a prayer that she would find someone that could help them. They're both very religious people. Uh, Without her glasses in the growing dark, she can hardly see these buggy tracks in front of her, and she's stumbling through the swamp, her panic's growing, she's becoming lethargic, her thoughts are getting jumbled as like the venom sets in. It's doing its work, and she's starting to go in anaphylactic shock. She's losing her ability to focus, and... During that time, she actually stops following these tracks and starts following a different set of buggy tracks that were out in the swamp. Hmm. So pretty, you know, it's not a good, this isn't looking good for this family. But not on purpose. Like she just Not on purpose. Right. She just got, she got lost. So Phil Pelletier had just enjoyed a really nice day of hunting with his buddies. And when it came time to pack up their camp that afternoon, this 42-year-old Floridian had this nagging feeling something was wrong. His friends all wanted to get going. He volunteered just to stay in the camp, pack it up, because he just had this weird feeling. That's interesting. Yeah. Because there's probably no reason for him to feel that way at this point, right? No. He has no idea what's going on. He decides to stick around. His friends are like, sure, whatever. If you want to pack up, (laughs) we're out of here. His friends take off, and he hangs out. It's almost 5 p.m., and he finally packs up. He gets in his truck. He's starting to drive and like makes it a couple hundred, not even that, just makes it a few yards and sees a woman stumbling down an old railroad bed toward him. And she's covered in mud, and she's all bruised. So immediately he thinks she's probably a victim of assault, like someone had hurt her. So he yells out, Lady, are you all right? 
And she, when she hears another voice, just starts screaming. My babies are dead. My husband broke his leg. We were attacked by yellow jackets. They were all over us. So he tells Debbie that he would help and that he'd go look for her family. But she's like, her airway is shutting down at this point. She's having a hard time breathing. So they decide to go to try and get help. There's this town called Ortona, which is only about five minutes away, and there's a store there. So they load her into the truck, and they just speed off to the store, which I think, again, would be, Mom, I mean, yeah. a really hard thing to like have the foresight to think, well, if I die, then I can't help right. find my family. Because I, I was just thinking that as you were telling it, thinking that took so much guts for her to just let him do that. Yeah. And make that decision because she would be just like, no. I'm sure Close every cell on her body was like, yeah. I need to get my kids. Mm-hmm. I need to get my kids. Mm-hmm. But like she knew that if she didn't survive, that her kids would die. And I was too. thinking he might have been a good talker, like talking her into it. Yeah. You know, like we can get more help. I need help. With, totally. Yeah. Well, the thing too is they're out in the middle of the swamp. This isn't like a developed area. There's no way they're finding them without some context from her. Right. So the other thing is like if your throat is closing up and you think like if you can hardly breathe at all, that's all you think. Like about. you're kind of like, I yeah. need to breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. True. So after getting to the store, the paramedics then arrive. They give Debbie a shot of epinephrine. Uh, they mark her condition as life threatening. And it's likely without this intervention that she actually would have died. They start working on her. And as they are, she's pleading with Phil to go back and look for her family. And she's describing the general area of where she left them. Phil's already a hero, but he jumps back into his truck. He speeds down this railroad bed at 60 miles per hour. So he's flying through the swamp. And she had described this area where she'd come out of the woods. And when he sees a clearing that looks similar to what she described, he turns off the railroad and heads towards it. But his truck immediately begins sinking in the water. Mm. And he even says that he could hear his fan blades of his engine hitting the water because it had risen so much in his truck. Hmm. So he puts it in reverse. He goes back and um, he then like realized that he's not going to be able to get through that area. So he looks for a logging road and finds a little logging road and turns back off into the swamp. And he's like, again, really worried about his truck because the water's rising in it again. And he's about to give up when he sees a little flash of color. And he looks out and he sees a child sitting in a puddle of water. And this kid was facing away from him. And when Phil got close to the kid which was Matthew, the four-year-old, he was talking to himself, and Phil yells out, I've got your mama. So Matthew turns towards Phil, and he starts crying, and Phil is, like, shocked by what he sees because at this point he's totally swollen. Mm. Like, he doesn't even really look like a person. He's so swollen. And he describes his face and his head being so swollen that his ears were just, like, sticking straight out. Jeez. Yeah. Like Shrek. Yeah, and it's (laughs) (laughs) it's just like Shrek. (laughs) We finally got mom with the Shrek joke. His skin is stretched tight all over his body. He's pale. He's white. He's covered in all these purple stings from the yellow jackets, which thankfully had moved on. And Phil picks up Matthew and the boy starts screaming in pain because he's irritating all those stings again. And then he starts shaking violently and then goes limp with his head down in Phil's arms. And he knows that Matthew's, again, close to death, needs immediate help. So rather than look for the rest of the family, he loads them into the truck and and speeds off towards Ortona again, which, again, is only five minutes away. He speeds back through the swamp. He's doing his best to avoid deep water, but his luck runs out when he hits this huge pool 
and he completely floods his engine and it just shuts down. Oh, no. Yeah. So he jumps out of the truck and he immediately starts wading through this like chest deep water with Matthew in his arms. Again, there's alligators, there's snakes, there's all sorts of stuff. And he's like, even if I have to run Torotona, I'm getting this kid to safety. So he crosses a clearing, he's holding Matthew and he looks up and there's this deputy sheriff, Carlin Coleman, who's standing there on the other edge of the clearing. And he'd followed Phil's tracks and he's there to help. So they pile into the deputy's vehicle and they race off. And he explains that the only way they're going to rescue the rest of the family is with a swamp buggy. He's like, hey, we're not taking another truck in there. It's just going to end up the same way. We need a swamp buggy. And they get about a mile or two down the road and they run into the fire chief, whose uh, name is Dennis Hollingsworth. And all the three of them come up with a plan of action. So at this point, I'm just already panicking as a mom because they left the two-year-old. I know. I just can't. I'm just like, no, just go a little further. I know. But yeah. so far, he's done. he saved the mom, and now he's saving. I guess each person is important. They had to make a lot of really hard decisions. Yeah. And it's the crazy thing about this story is like a lot of the decisions they made, I don't know if I would necessarily make the same one, but it ended up turning out just right. For right. And, and a lot of that's because of luck. Like this guy running into the police deputy and then them running into the fire chief. Suddenly they have. But maybe they people. had come because of the mom. Maybe yeah, for sure they, they had, had made the call. For sure they had. Yeah. But like he didn't know that when he turned right. around. Okay. You know? And if a, like a four year old just like shakes and then passes out in your right. arms, it's kind of like. I don't think I have much time. Here. Right. Sure. You don't want to go looking for the two-year-old only to figure out that the four-year-old died in your arms. Yeah. yeah. Right. So they, they split up. So what they decide they're going to do is Coleman, the deputy, is going to take Matthew to Ortona so he can get some help. And then Phil, the bystander that's helping out, and then the fire chief, Dennis, are going to go look for the rest of the family in a swamp buggy. So at this point, they're running out of time, though. It's starting to get really dark. They're realizing they don't have much time left to find Ben and Mark. So they start searching, and it doesn't take them long to find an area where they see these really large buggy tracks that cross some smaller ones. And they realize that that's where Debbie had gotten confused, and she'd followed the smaller ones. And had she not followed those smaller ones, she wouldn't have bumped into Phil. Phil, yeah. And had she just stayed on the large ones, she would have just gone way out in the swamp and probably died. Oh, man. So the fact that she got confused and got on those smaller tracks is probably what saved this entire family. That's wild. Yeah. So Phil and Dennis follow these large tracks to a pond. It's surrounded by high grass and across the pond, they can see a little baby's head. So Dennis jumps out in the water. He wades through it. He gets to Mark the baby as quickly as possible. He's two years old. Mark's bloated. He's gray. He's covered in stings as well, but he's still breathing. So Dennis scoops him up and radios dispatch, tells them they're going to go. They would go get Mark to help and then they're going to come back for the dad. So they're going to take the okay. boy. Yeah. Kind of a miracle he didn't drown. I know. Like all he had to do was pass out in the water and yeah. he's gone. Yeah. How, what, he's sitting in like a few inches of water? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So then Ben is found not long after. They had stopped stinging him. They're still stinging the buggy, but they had stopped stinging Ben. He was losing consciousness when he heard the rescuers call out to him. They retrieved the buggy. They burn all the wasps off of it. Thing that made me really happy too, the dogs are still alive. Oh, the dogs good. made it through this whole thing, which is crazy. Yeah. I kept wondering why don't they let the dogs out of the crates? I know. 
But I just think if you're yeah. dealing with all that, it'd right. be so hard yeah. to focus on your dogs. I think so too. And then like climbing back up 12 feet to get to them and oh, stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But they also saw where the yellow jackets come out of the ground. And what had happened is this nest had gotten so big. It was probably one of these multi-year nests where it had spread from this underground cavity into a fallen log as well. And they had hit this fallen log with their buggy. And that's what caused Uh, them to become so enraged. Yeah. Everyone recovered from their injuries. Ben had broken his leg in several places. All right. So that's the story. That's why she didn't throw the kids down to him. Because he had broke his leg? In several places. I mean, maybe it was even sticking out I think he was in like a lot of pain at that point. Yeah, because he didn't really crawl out either. I mean, he crawled to the back of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think they were just... I just think of like all the stinging and buzzing and everything, and it would just be so hard to make a good decision. Yeah. That they, I mean, they really did very well for Mm -hmm. the circumstances. I mean, the B episode that we did, the guy climbing and stuff, it's just, seems like this stuff happens in the worst possible places. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's such (laughs) a bad spot. But at least he did say a prayer, you know? He did say a prayer. (laughs) Yeah. At least. All right. So we're going to do our ouchies. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll start us off. Let's just do, I don't know, it's kind of like four people combined. Yeah, I feel like you can kind of give it's probably Debbie, ben, Mary, right? or Debbie, Mark, and Matthew like a one score, and then Ben probably gets a different score, right? I don't know. Debbie, too, like not being able to breathe is Yeah, she really had the bad. allergic reaction. That's true. So go ahead. Do you know? I'll give Shoot your shot. Debbie and Ben... I'm just giving them all sevens. Okay. How long did this, from start to finish, how long of a time? I think Ben was out there for hours. Oh, man. Debbie, it seemed like she only got stung for a few minutes, but then she had to you know, deal with all the effects of the allergies. Yeah. The boys, I also think, only got stung for a few minutes, but they just had to like sit in the swamp. The emotional torture for oh, Debbie yeah. would have been... I mean, that's like a 10 out of 10 emotionally. I know the boys had nightmares for a long time after this. But I don't know if it's just a few minutes because they were all upset. I mean, they they just... But they got out of them and then they weren't being stung anymore. It's not like they all just stay there. So you're giving them like a one? Yeah. From what I read, after they (laughs) got away, they they weren't stung anymore. But they got dozens and dozens and dozens of stings. Like all of them got stung a lot. I think we can just assume they did get stung more. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right. Sure. <laughs> what score are you giving them? Oh, I'm giving them a nine. Wow. Nine. Yeah. Okay. What? Uh, I'm going to go with a five. All right. I think from our B story, which I know, again, it's apples and oranges, but it, they are somewhat similar. They kind of describe the pain as after a while, it just, they just kind of became numb to it. And I think it would really hurt, but... I don't think any of them had to, besides Ben, none of them really had to spend much time in the hospital or anything. Yeah, I'm going to go with five. All right. Did Mike, Mike do it? I'm not sure. I'm I'm having a hard time because the dad, Ben, it seems like yeah. so much of what made this experience, well, I don't know if so much is the right phrase to use, but there's just so much uncertainty and like emotional and mental a toll that was being taken because like yeah. he's sitting there with a broken leg, not knowing if his wife survived or would be able to help the kids probably feeling like super helpless he couldn't do anything yeah Yeah. so i'll go with like a six okay it seems like a story where like (laughs) you just want to like they just want to give up and die yeah you know i think like a lot of people would yeah yeah Yeah. see i think ouchies too have to deal with fear 
Because sometimes if it's a wild animal, then all your adrenaline goes and you're fighting. And so you don't feel the ouchie as much until later. Mm-hmm. But with this, I think you just totally feel it the whole time. Yeah, I wonder what the dictionary says. Yeah, oh, yeah. definition <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think they probably had some adrenaline kick in though too. I don't know though. Yeah. All right. So before we get to our main categories, I I asked Mike and Jeff and myself to each come up with a story, a quick story, where you felt protected or cared for by your mom. So. Why don't I'll go first, then Mike, then Jeff. So we don't know. Yeah. One that I'm going to tell, and I honestly can't remember if I've told this on one of our other Mother's Day episodes, but it's one that really I like remember very clearly is I was pretty young and I was walking home from school and I had been throwing dandelions up in the air. Like I was picking dandelions, like the yellow ones. They weren't fuzzy yet. And just like chucking them up in the air. And I threw one and this car sped by right when I did it and it hit the car. And the guy thought I had thrown a rock at his car and screeched off the road and came out in this huff. And I'm like six years old and like pretty much chases me up to my door. And I run in, I get behind my mom who had come to the door too. And he was just like so pissed off and was just like, your son threw a rock at my car and was really angry. And I, you know, really sheepishly was like, it was a dandelion. It wasn't a rock. And he was like, it wasn't a dandelion. It was a rock. I know a rock when a rock hits my car. And my, my mom was just like, if he says it was a dandelion, it was a dandelion Mm. (laughs) and just really stuck up for me. And I felt very protected and believed. And that was important for me as a little kid because it was a dandelion (laughs) and like, it was just, it was a very nice moment. So thanks mom. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy. Mike, you got anything? Yeah. The first time I ever traveled by plane alone, uh, I was flying back to my home state For some reason, the flight got derailed and had to make a quick stop at another city and got delayed by hours. So I just like sent a text before we took off again saying I was going to be a little bit late. And little did I know for the next four hours, my mom was seething in the airport parking lot. Yeah. And I I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It's just like, whatever. This probably seems maybe normal. I didn't know how travel worked. So uh, we finally landed and I was one of the last to get off the plane And so I was walking almost shoulder to shoulder with the captain back through the terminal. And somehow, this is like post 9-11, my Uh mom had somehow gotten past security (laughs) and was waiting at the door, like to basically accost and like assign blame to this poor captain who had no, like nothing to do with this. It was not his fault. It was just whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I was afraid it was going to get physical. This was like such a small deal for me, you know, but- a little something unexpected happened to one of her children and it set her off. And I was yeah. like, whoa, yeah, this is the most angry I've ever seen my mom. Mom get. will go to bat for you. Yeah. 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 I don't know how she metal gear solid past security and yeah, got to that amazing. gate. Yeah. It still doesn't make sense, but Bought a ticket somewhere. It's funny. Cause like we were supposed to go to a Denver nuggets game mm-hmm. and we, we just missed it completely. So yeah. maybe that's why she was mad. She just didn't get to see big Nuggets fan. Carmelo Anthony. Just got it. Yeah. (laughs) Jeff, you got one? Yeah, I'll just say like my three like big surgeries I've had in life. Mom's like always been there to drive me there and take me back. And yeah, I have been hard for her too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tooth and Claw is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I take AG1 every day because I love how it tastes. 
Do you have a New Year's resolution to be healthier? Well, taking AG1 is a cheat code for improving your health, so you can order it now and just check that off your resolutions list. So easy. Athletic Greens was created when the founder was spending hundreds of dollars on some gut health issues, so he created Athletic Greens to have a cheaper way to get those nutrients into your body every day. It will cost you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. It's also trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervias. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com tooth. Again, that's athleticgreens.com tooth to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We've all got busy lives, the internet's a complicated place, and sometimes we just end up paying for stuff that we don't necessarily want or need. And that can be especially annoying when you're paying every month for something that you don't want. So are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. It might be that it's an unused Amazon Prime account, a Hulu account that never gets streamed, or something that you just completely forgot about and never even used once. There's this great app that I use that helps me track all of my expenses, and because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions that I don't want anymore. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows you all of your subscriptions in one place, and then will cancel all of the ones that you aren't using and don't want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out that you've been double charged for a subscription. So to cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest, which is really so great because sometimes figuring out how to cancel subscriptions can be such a pain. So get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com claw, and it can save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com claw. To cancel unnecessary subscriptions right now, go to rocketmoney.com claw. Okay, well, we'll get into our categories. Uh, unless anyone has anything else they want to add. Mom, you got anything you want to add? Just the the second time you did that, it was a rock. It was a rock. Yeah. <laughs> I graduated to rocks. Yeah, it didn't take much longer. <laughs> All right. We'll get into categories. So we're going to do, I think in, in our other Mother's Day episodes, we've done some of our like favorite pop culture moms and whatnot. So this time we're going to do our worst pop culture mom. Moms from movies or TV or whatever that didn't do a really good job. Mom and uh, I'll start us. Go for it. I'm going ordinary people. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like two brothers, and they're like both out at sea, and the boat they're in capsizes, and the older brother drowns. Mm-hmm. And the mom just like in the rest of the movie clearly loved the older brother more and yeah. blames the younger son for like her losing her other son. Uh, and the like younger Dennis son or... just like is like all depressed yeah and the mom just like never figures out that she loves him i'm gonna one up you okay <laughs> i'm picking tony collette's character from hereditary i was thinking about picking her. she oh. also blames her son for the death of another child mm. but then pretty much sacrifices him to a satanic cult and mm. he turns into a demon at the end of the earth yeah he becomes like a demon pretty bad mom kills her husband yeah, bad it was hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't her fault. Yeah, 
Mom, do you have an answer? Oh, really? Can we go to Mike? Sure, we'll go to Mike. Just to make sure, this is worst mom, right? Yeah. You guys, your moms were pretty good, it sounds like. <laughs> for uh, one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking a movie I just saw for the first time recently, The Man from Nowhere. Jeff and I are big fans Yeah, I love of that. Uh, at the very beginning, there's a little girl, great little actress, super cute. Her mom is like a go-go dancer who's super addicted to heroin, and she gets into smuggling and stealing and trafficking the drug. And basically just leaves her daughter to be abducted by some gangsters in like this child organ trafficking ring. And that's a pretty bad. It's a bad It's a pretty bad mom. Yeah. Yeah. Felt really bad for her. That's a good one. Yeah, that is that is a good one. And there's so many like that that I would, you know, like when the mom sits down to well, you smoke with like. the child. Uh-oh. Ooh. No, Put a point a, back. That was an acceptable like. No, but, but there's the two I thought of. There's one Stephen King one. It wasn't a movie. It was just a little TV thing. But the mom actually gave her son to the devil hmm. to save the town or something. I don't know. To do. Yeah. Mm. And I you just, wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Yeah. But the other yeah. one on a softer note. Yeah. Let's just talk about Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah. So that She's a mom, good mom. Okay. She was a good mom in a way, but she... Like she kept keeping the little guy out of everything. Like, oh, don't That's let true. him do that. That's true. He just wanted to explore. And yeah. she actually, you know, he could do that. He needed to learn it. So yeah. she you needed, can catch a tiger needed, if he wants. Yeah. yeah, she needed to let up a little bit. <laughs> She's a bit of a buzzkill, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a helicopter yeah. parent. Yeah. Don't even let her <laughs> catch a killer tiger. <laughs> tiger. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's good. That's a great answer. That was a really good. Answer. Um. All right. So we're gonna go now to our next category, which is. Our favorite moms in nature, our favorite animal moms. I'm going to go first. I'll say elk moms are one of my favorite moms. And I think that's just like living in Mammoth and and them dropping their calves all over the city and like them or the town and just being charged nonstop by elk moms. They're really devoted to keeping those little elk calves alive. And they turn from this really docile animal into an animal that you just absolutely have to avoid. And I just, that transformation when they have a calf was always really interesting to me. Just like that motherly instinct just really kicks in for them. And so I, I'm going to pick them as one of my favorites. They're not my favorite, but they're one of my favorites. I'm going to pick gray whales. Okay. The moms, like the calves go up to boats right away and just play with boats. Yeah. Like, if I was a few weeks old, I would be stoked to play with a boat. <laughs> That's true. Like, in a boat, just let me drive our family boat we had when I was a few weeks old. Why okay. didn't you do that? You couldn't do anything at a few weeks old. I know. You could hardly That's what I'm saying. It was, and yeah. these whales it was, it was saw win- the whole world. It was world. winter, Jeff. It was winter. <laughs> do you want to go out in the winter? The whales saw Alaska their first year alive. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I had to go myself. <laughs> when I was a, an, an adult, you right. saw California, the ocean. <laughs> My first yeah. year, mm-hmm. mm. you saw those whales traveling. Probably, it's like oh, yeah. I wish I could be out there playing with boats. <laughs> All right, it's a weird, weird thing. But Mike, I'm picking elephant. I like how mom yeah. elephants kind of use their uh, trunks as just like a constant contact leash. I think that's really nice. How they're just always touching their little babies with their trunk. It's a good like pick. That's cute to me. Elephants are pregnant for two years. Yeah. Oh, that's long- a good oh. mom. Longest oh gestation gosh. of any of any mammal. Yeah. Yeah. Longer than even like whales? That's a good question, oh. actually. Land mammal. Let's do that. Land mammal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with dolphins. I just read up that the mom dolphin actually sings its little noises to the 
baby before it's born mm -hmm. so that it'll recognize her when it comes out oh, by cute. her little voice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. All right. Uh, so can this, you make a dolphin noise, Cindy? I can't, but Kelly, my niece, can really well. I think oh. you should try. Why don't we have her even, on for next Mother's know, Day? I you don't, don't even know? I don't even know what they sound. You don't well, want to try? Well, let's see what you think they, they sound click. like. <laughs> they yeah. click? Like what? <laughs> no. Okay. I could do Perfect. a, I could no, do a that chicken. Was great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I can do a chicken. That was a chicken dolphin. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like that. <laughs> All right. So, Mom, we're going to do a quick cage match category, and it's going to be you versus some different animals. And I'm mostly just curious to know if you would actually engage in these scenarios or if you would run away. Okay. So, the first one. Wait, can I ask a question yeah. about the cage match? So with the animals, do they have their same amount of brain activity? Like they're not smart. These are just These animals. are just normal animals. Okay. I'm going to set up the scenarios for okay. you. <laughs> These are not, they're not special. They uh, have animals. guns. Yeah, they don't have guns. Like X-Men. Or <laughs> special brains. Well, what were you trying to say? sometimes when you guys put, like you said you were going to go against, like you didn't think you could take 100 kindergartners. Yeah. But. I know that you couldn't even take one kindergartner because, because of your Oh, because emotion. I wouldn't punch because a kindergartner. You would, yeah. Okay. Mm. You, you wouldn't. So. Okay. Oh, well, I'll, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Okay. I'll set up a scenario for you, though. Okay. The first scenario, we're just going to go with the story. Your two kids, we'll say me and Cyrus, when we're really young, are being attacked by yellow jackets. Are you running away or are you helping us? How young? We're two and four. We're all being swarmed by yellow jackets. I'm helping you. You're helping us. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next one, it's just me. I'm 16 years old. We're on a walk and a coyote runs up and starts biting my leg. Are you going to engage or are you going to run away? I'm going to pause and see what okay. you do. All right. <laughs> Not engaging. All right. But you'll hang out. I will. But I won't at 16, you're going to let me take care of it myself. Yes. Okay. Jeff is 10 years old. He's fishing. And he steps in between a moose and her calf. And the moose charges at him. And you're able to get in front of them if you wanted to. Would you get in front of the moose and Jeff? She wants to say no. I don't know what I'd do. Okay. I, I probably would look for a weapon. you pause again? Yeah. Okay. I probably would look for a weapon. Like get a big rock or a log and start beating on it. But right. not till it got him. All right. <laughs> because maybe your best option to save him... You getting in the way and getting hurt yourself might not be the best That's option. That's true. Right? Thank you, Michael. Yeah. But, um, Rock. Plus, I would be afraid. You didn't, yeah. you didn't <laughs> consider too. going after her baby? The, no, I didn't. <laughs> That's I what didn't. Jeff yeah. would do. Hold the baby hostage. Punch its baby. That's yeah. a good, great idea. Cyrus is 28 years old. You're on a hike in Glacier National Park. He rounds a corner and a grizzly bear attacks him, pulls him down and starts mm -hmm. flipping him around like a rag doll. You and dad both have bear spray. What are you doing? We run down and spray the bear. You're going to go spray it? Oh, yeah. You're not just going to wait for dad to do oh, it? Oh, no. Okay. No. I love well, if you that. don't have bear spray. Then what would you do? Um, we might try and distract it so it came to get us. Flash it? But there's two of us, so grouping is better. So you would you would try and get a grizzly bear to, to attack you, but not a moose? Well, I have to step in front of the moose. Okay. It's already charging. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm 33 years old. We go on a trip to Mexico. I jump in the water off the boat, and you see a great white shark swimming toward me. What are you doing? I'm screaming my lungs out. You're not getting in the water, though. That's not going to help anything. It does. 
I'm pushing your dad in the water. <laughs> okay. There is there is data that shows when a shark attacks a person that people responding and helping can stop the attack. There is data that the shark attacks two people. I'm not sure if there is, but that's it's possible. I've read shark okay. attack. <laughs> this is the last one. Jeff at his current age has a raccoon run up and latch onto his leg and it starts attacking him. But Jeff was dealing drugs in that area where the raccoon's attacking him. Are you going to help him? No, I wouldn't help him, any, even if he wasn't doing okay. drugs. All right. can, no, not doing them. He's dealing them. Yeah, he mm. can, he can okay. handle the raccoon. All right. Well, would you guys say that she passed the test? Like if there were a test to say whether she was responsible enough to have children or not. I think she passed, but she didn't ace it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like a B. Yeah. B minus. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, I think I, I would like to just say that the more familiar you are in a situation, the braver you are, like with the bear thing. You've I've gone over that a million times. Every, yes, yes, we've done that. I mean, we've discussed every bear attack that ever was yeah. that we know about. Well, so. that's the whole point of the podcast, too, is like the more people hear about this, the more it becomes second nature to them. Right. It's not like, oh, what did I hear about bears that once? You know, it's like, oh, I've heard about this 30 times. So, if a, so I know what I need to do. If and a it becomes, great white swimming at you and we're in the boat, we should just like cannonball next to you or something? No, no. So I, yeah, actually, when I said that, I immediately wanted to take that back. If you were in the boat, what you'd want to do is like yell for me to get in the boat. Yeah. But if I was actually being attacked, like say the shark came and attacked me, you guys should try and rescue me. However, that needs like to jump be. In. Even if you have to jump in, well, you should try and rescue get me. Get the boat right by you. And you then should get try and do that. But if you stuff. didn't have the ability to do that, you should jump in the water and pull me out. Okay. Because they almost always it stops the attack. It's too much for them, and they just decide they don't want to do it anymore. I'll try, Wes. Okay. I'll try it. Yeah. Mentally first. Yeah. Okay. You'll imagine it? Yeah. I'll you know what, Mom? Picture. Image I don't mind. If, if that's the way I go, that's the way I go. I'm okay with it. You don't have to jump in, too. I'm scared of sharks. I know you are. Okay. Mom, Jeff, do you have something for us? The, the questions you prepped for us are pretty much what Wes just asked you. They are. But so do you want to ask us anything else, or are we good to just keep moving? Or do you just want to flip the script? Yeah. Test us. Okay, so there was a bison attack this year, and the parents were on the path with these kids, and they're trying to take a picture with the bison, with one of them. And a guy watching them ran up right as the bison attacked, and the parents both ran away, and the guy that was watching that came to help them, he actually grabbed the kid and saved the kid, really. And bear sprayed the bison. Jeff. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, um... What? What do you think the the dad said Would you to his son afterwards Afterward? yeah yeah when he was running away as he is running away yeah. run he probably run? told him to run he probably said bye son <laughs> right <laughs> good job man. and there's Thank a little you. girl one too that that happened to so well you can't do if that the daughter with, doesn't work with the if jail. you're with just a random child and a bison don't is be with a random you. child <laughs> Would you would you help him or would you? If I saw a random child getting if you were attacked? just walking by a group and it just happened that the bison came yeah. right then, yeah, one hundred percent, you would. Yeah. yeah, I'd run in there and grab yeah. him. If it were like a person that was taking photos and getting way too close, like an adult, I wouldn't intervene. And in that in that case, it's like yeah, they're asking an adult, for this. I I'd even do it if I knew I was going to get tossed. I think yeah, if it was if a it kid, was kid. I just don't want to live with like not doing something. Right. 
Okay. I'd think about it the rest of my life if I didn't do something. So, yeah. and here's the, unless the kid's like not that cute or annoying. Here's the shark one that I think of all the time. Okay. I in Kauai, I would go down to the beach by myself early in the morning because I couldn't sleep, and there'd be this man that came out and swam, and it was just like the two of us on the beach, and I just nice. kept no, I just kept <laughs> picturing a shark attacking him. And I didn't know what I would do. Like, I didn't know if I would help or if I'd just run for help. Mm. I just kept thinking, would I do it? And then I then I put different people in the scenario. Well, who I, would I be sure to do it for? I would so, do it. I'd swim out. Yeah. Even if it's a stranger? I would swim out. I would. Uh-huh. It's another one of those things that I would just think, like, had I done it. You know, I'd, mm-hmm. I wouldn't ever want to be responsible. I wouldn't be responsible, yeah. but I wouldn't want to think that maybe I could have saved someone and didn't do anything. You know? I don't think, I don't know if I like didn't have the knowledge that it probably will stop the attack mm-hmm. if I would do it. Yeah. But knowing what I know, I would swim out. Like, See, I that's kind of new knowledge twice. to me. So yeah. I, like mom, I need to take some mental reps of it. Okay. First. <laughs> right. I thought if there was a... You cannot swim a shark. Cattleboard <laughs> or a surfboard or even a float. You would do I'd it. be willing to, but if I was just on my own. would you just push it out there? No, I would go. I would go. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. then you can use that against the shark too if it comes. Mm-hmm. So, well, okay. if the guy started attacking a shark, would you go help the shark? No. A seal did come and swam in there. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that might have been, anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what we're going to do next is what would Mike, Jeff, and Cindy do? You are on your swamp buggy. Yeah. Spending time out in the swamp. And you get swarmed by a ton of yellow jackets with your family. What are you guys doing? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'd probably just start squishing them one by one. Okay, squishing them one at a time? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Hoping to get that clean. That'll take a while. (laughs) Um, It sounded like... Uh, Once the mom got far enough away, like in proximity to where the nest was, it sounded like they let up on her. So Mm -hmm. maybe just try whatever you could to drag yourself with a broken leg, with your kids, whatever you needed to do. Just get as far away from the buggy as possible. That's good. Mike, I don't think Mom? I would jump oh, the 12 feet. We've already, I kind of, we did okay. that through yeah, the you've thing. kind of already yeah. told us what you'd do. All right, so, Jeff, you're wrong. <laughs> Mike, you did pretty good. Uh, if you start getting stung, you don't want to do lots of swift, rapid movements because that actually will cause the yellow jackets to become more aggravated. That's the first thing to think about. And then you actually don't want to kill them or even like hit them really hard because when you do kill them or when they get hit away or something, they can release a pheromone that attracts other yellow jackets. It's kind of like if you ever see leafcutter ants, if you like see that line of ants and you kill one of them, they peel off and they start attacking you because a pheromone gets released and they see you as a threat then. So if you start killing them, they go for you. It's like bullies. Okay. Like you're not supposed to hit your bullies uh-huh. because then they'll come back at you harder and beat you up worse the next time. Okay. But at least you hit them, okay. you know? Yeah. At least yeah. I killed a few of the suckers. Yeah. I guess if that's the way you look at it, then <laughs> Plus if like, is a good point. Yeah. It seems like the bully and the bullied person, yeah. they always both get in trouble, even though the it was always the bully's fault. So it's like, you're going to yeah. get suspended. I don't I know got if trouble for getting hit with... Yeah. Spit wads in middle school. Yeah, so. I don't know if this applies. I got in trouble for getting punched once. <laughs> you don't want to kill them. If you kill them, they start coming at you. What you do want to do is cover your face with your hands. 
And even though this is going to be really hard, you want to calmly walk to an area with more protection, ideally inside of a structure or a vehicle. Running, again, can just like, it's too swift, it's too rapid, it makes them focus on you and and sting you even more. So you want to be as calm as you can to get to an area with more protection. Once you're stung, when you have stings, the things you can do to help is you put some ice on them. Antihistamines will stop the swelling or at least help with the swelling. You can make a paste of water and baking soda, which will neutralize the acid and the venom. Um, And then you can also put vinegar on to reduce the itching. If you put that vinegar on at the same time as the baking soda, you can make a fun little volcano too. Uh, A little red food dab. Um, If you do know that you have an allergy or if you're unsure if you have an allergy to to insects and you're going to be spending a lot of time around wasps or yellow jackets, it's not a bad idea to have an EpiPen with you and know how to use it because it could potentially save your life if you get stung by something that you're allergic to. So that's kind of what you should do. So did you say why they shouldn't have rolled in the mud? No, the mud was okay. It was more that if they have those wasps on them, the yellow Mm -hmm. jackets on them while they're rolling around, they're going to be killing them. And they said they were scraping them off of them, so they're killing them. And that's just attracting more and more and more. The mud isn't necessarily a bad idea, but the thing that they really needed to do is just get out of there. Mm -hmm. Just get away. As soon as you get far enough away, they're probably going to stop. So you think jumping off the buggy was a good idea? Yeah. Okay. I think they would have died had they all stayed on the buggy. Okay. Mm. How tall would the buggy have had to be? For the yellow jackets not to be able to fly that high. I don't know. Probably it's like a four hundred feet, feet <laughs> high hundreds buggy. of feet. The yeah. better question there would be like to where you don't jump off. That's oh, what that's I thought true. he was going to say too. <laughs> but then you really, <laughs> yeah, asked a really dumb question. It. it was by dumb the end. and got even more dumb. By <laughs> yeah, the end. sorry. Uh, speaking of dumb questions, Jeff, do you have any questions from our <laughs> listeners? <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch. Jogar, see you later. Asks, what animal would you most want to kiss on top of the head? Hmm. I think a blue whale for me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think a gray like whale since I haven't done ever. that yet. You haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. We have kissed gray whales on the top of their heads. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's not a great nice pick since I've already kissed kiss. a whale. But it'd be cool to kiss the biggest animal that's ever existed. And they're nice and like like firm. <laughs> I think I want to kiss a lion, a male lion. Like okay. get, bury my face in that mane. Yeah. It's and a get a kiss That is a great answer. Mike? I'm picking one of those dinosaurs that have like the bald head thing that they oh, used a to ram. Oh, Pachycephalosaurus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Armando Junior. ninety seven wants to know what was your reaction when you found Wes was eating bugs. I told him to stop. Did I said, do it? "Don't no eat. We don't eat bugs. Don't Wes. eat bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just stop, Wes. Stop." Did it stop me? No, I thought what it did. finally stopped me was one of my friends getting hives okay. from eating too many pucks. Uh, Maui, Meowy Sullivan, did you know about the poop issue and just not want to address it? Well, so, for those who don't know, Wes would sit on his foot so he didn't have to poop when for I weeks. was a very small child. Yeah, he called um, it sitting. Yeah, I obviously didn't know for a long time and then. We kind of just found out. I didn't even know Wes was doing it. I thought it was just That's Cyrus. not true. That's okay. not true. So I you don't do, even remember. Because you called it sitting. You guys, you guys are we the ones that named sitting. it sitting. And then you specifically would tell me that I would get worms. 
if mm-hmm. I didn't poop. Mm-hmm. And that did sink in after a while. Mm-hmm. That was actually probably what finally made me decide I need to start pooping. Okay. Because you were like, Wes, if you don't poop, you're going to get worms. Perfect. And I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> it's just kind of like, yeah, I just, what is that? Where do they come from? You know? I was aware, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Jigolo Thomas wants to know who's the most sensitive, me, Wes, or Mike? The most sensitive? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a hard, like, sensitive. We're sensitive like with, in different ways, I, I think. think. But go ahead, just answer. It might be Wes. I would agree with that. I would okay. say it's between me and Mike, probably. Yeah. Mm. What, what do you think, Mike? My first thought was Wes, too. Okay. Is in, like, he f- seems to be a little more in touch with his emotions. <laughs> That's not me. It just and Jeff is. I cry in the most movies. I don't oh, know about yeah, that. Yeah. Dungeons I cry in a lot and Dragons movies. got me. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason to cry yeah. in that movie. Yeah, but That's what true. I mean, what Wes can do, what I do is like you walk into a room and if there's tension, he fills it automatically, it and so do I. Mm. But you don't usually. Which yeah, you, I'm you're, not, you're so lucky. I wish I was like you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. empathetic, emotionally yeah. stunted. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish it'd be I didn't so have much. That. I, it'd be so much easier. Us oh, yeah. Jeffries just don't care. Yeah, you know. Yeah, psycho. <laughs> Sarah F. Rice wants to know: Are you ever sad that you didn't name Jeff Tyrone? I'm sad that I didn't name Jeff Zane. His mm. middle name. Okay. Yeah. Not Tyrone. No. Okay, you got because we had that a one. sigh, so we. Didn't need a tie to. Where did mm. that come from, Tyrone? Oh, I saw it on TV one time. Well, I was pregnant. <laughs> one time on uh-huh. TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stuck with you. Uh-huh. Well, it was only one day, but it just, sure. Gilbert, Gilbert just thought it was so weird that, of course, that's what he's always talked about. But actually, I like Zane. I like Zane. Gotta BKD wants to know, why is Jeff's voice like that? Jeff actually sounds pretty normal in real life to me, at least. Because I'll listen to my voice on the tape, and I I hardly can listen. And so maybe just the tape is what you're talking about. I don't know. I'm not sure what you mean. The tape? Like the recordings. taping the recording. I, but I mean, I'm just speaking how I always speak, right? Yeah. So they I, know how I sound. This recording does not sound like me. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you're just my talking. Voice, my voice isn't like that. <laughs> uh, it is weird how different. Like, whenever I hear my voice, I'm like, that... Isn't even a person. Yeah. Etta Grubb asks, which one is your favorite? And does Wes lie to you about his master's degree too? <laughs> we really got to get rid of this whole Wes is lying about his um, master's degree. I thing. don't have a favorite. Wes took so long to get his master's degree. I can verify that it is definitely a degree. Took me four years. Yeah. Three different bear species. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two, mostly. Yeah. Well, maybe that gets rid of it. I feel like it's maybe a PhD. Not. Yeah. Listeners can decide yeah. if it's real. It was almost a PhD. We <laughs> yeah. thought about it. I'd yeah. say Jeff is your favorite, Cindy. Um, He's the newest. I, I like them in different ways. Like, Wes does a lot more with me right now, but Jeff used to. But Jeff is, Jeff is just always fun. Like, everything is so fun when he's around. Mm. So and then he is fun, and then Cyrus is just nice, and you know it's just cookies, I don't have a cake, and ice cream. Yeah, yep. favorite things. Uh, Where would I rank in like the four of us? In the four of us, yeah, Cyrus, Wes, Jeff, and me. And throw what? Brenton and to just in your favorites. Yeah, throw our cousin Brenton. Yeah, we'll throw Brenton there. Mike, you're right. You're right there with him. Oh man, what do I got to yeah. do to like take top spot? Text me back when I text. 
Yeah, Maybe I have a call real me every that. now and then and say, hey, Cindy, how are you doing? Yeah. It's, yeah what was it? Like you that. have to let her know if you ever watch RRR again, right? Yeah. yeah you I have, have yeah. to text her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the John Drives wants to know, when did Wes start to show signs of a koala brain? What's a koala brain? <laughs> That's what I say I have. I don't have one. Slow. Yeah. Slow? Smooth and bad. Yeah. He, he's always been pretty smart, right? Well... Who is the smartest as Jeff, a kid? You're, you're just as smart. You just don't focus. <laughs> I'm just as smart. I'm just not as good at school or learning <laughs> or trivia yes. or facts. <laughs> because of focus. <laughs> yes. All right. What, what have we done that has scared you? This is from CJ Turner. So have what? Wes or Jeff ever done anything that scared you as a mom? Like today? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> this is constant. What comes but to your mind? I don't worry about it anymore. Like, you I don't. Used to, like, every time I'd go to Mexico, every time we'd be on anything high, you'd get really nervous. And you've done a lot better now. Yeah. I just, I just blank it out and just think, wait for the phone call. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got a couple more. Okay. Courtney123, are you ever surprised at the personal stories they tell on the podcast? I'm never surprised, but I sometimes would like to have my say on. You like saying I like that's not down. how it happened. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> NS Couts, who's harder to birth, Wes or Jeff? Let's throw Sai in there too. Well, Sai was definitely because I didn't know what was you know I didn't know what was going well, on. Wes almost I, killed you. Well, Wes was the hardest pregnancy. That's what he's at. Yeah, but you and I had to have naturally. They didn't have epidurals. And so for labor, you were very hard. You hit me with x-rays. That's why you qualified. But we're both alive, Wes. (laughs) (laughs) We're both alive. That's what you have to count on. Yeah. Jake Oakleberry wants to know who was the easier baby. Cyrus was the easiest baby, and then Jeff, Mm. and then Wes. I was the hardest? Yes. Oh, what did I do? I always thought I was easy. No. Oh. Mm -mm. Cryer? Crying? I just drooled. I just sat there and drooled. What was yeah, hard you, about me? Yeah, you just like to sleep on the schedule. Yeah, and I've then always you been a rebel. always, yeah, <laughs> you were trouble smoking. You cigarette. always, yeah. you know, if we said don't touch that, then you would touch it. Would I look at you while I did it? Uh huh. <laughs> For <laughs> nice. sure. Adam Robinson's five favorite flavor of pie. We can all raspberry. answer this one. Raspberry pie is your favorite. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty uncommon, I would say. Okay. You're crazy. I think Huckleberry is my favorite. You're one of a kind. Mm. I might go, right now I might say blueberry. It changes, though. Okay. With some ice cream. Can I yeah. have that, Wes? Sure, yeah. How about Thanks. you, Mike? You're really into that McDonald's blueberry. Oh, it's so good. Uh, mine is strawberry rhubarb. Oh, that's also we one of my mom's one. favorites. Oh, I love I it. I love, yeah. We're almost love, to rhubarb love, season. I have frozen rhubarb All in right. the oh, do you? Let's wrap this up. So we can oh. make some rhubarb Yeah, I think pie. that's good for <laughs> questions. Okay. Unless you want... Oh, I've got one more. All okay, right. let's do it. Um, it's from your Patreon. So Perfect. I listened to your earlier episodes and noticed that the first polar bear and mountain lion episodes you mentioned, the victims had teeth shards removed from their heads. Who's this from? This is from Miss. Is that common for predators to lose part of their teeth when attacking? Or is it just both because... Both those stories, the animal was extremely underweight, and maybe their teeth became brittle after prolonged maltrition. I think we may have answered this, but okay. we'll you know we'll go ahead and answer because it again because it might have been second on a, attempt at the question. Yeah, it might have been on a bonus episode, but we'll answer it again. Okay. They do lose a lot of teeth, 
it's common for healthy animals just as much, or not just as much, but it's common. Healthy animals will lose teeth. If they're malnourished, it is more common, but it's like, that's not, it's not like um, finding a tooth in someone's skull or a piece of tooth or something isn't necessarily an indication of an unhealthy animal. Healthy animals will lose teeth too. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I mean, a hundred percent, I would want that tooth. Oh yeah. If one bit me in the skull and I was still alive. Yeah, it framed. Sure. Would you make yeah. a necklace? What would you do with it? I'd maybe put it for display. Where? How? Just by the tooth, the the claw that Wes made me, the grizzly claw. Uh huh. Just above it, just in hanging. like a little yeah. frame mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd replace one of my teeth with it. Oh, that's oh, a good that's idea. Smart. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, Cyrus could do that. Go get them. And back. don't humans have like really thick skulls compared to a lot of animals? I don't know. I feel I like think maybe. So. I feel like we have like bigger <laughs> brains and we have thicker skulls because of that. Maybe. And then. Animals probably lose a lot of teeth. In I know our we skulls. don't have like thicker skulls than bears. Their skulls are much thicker than ours. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry that I couldn't back you up on that made up fact on the spot. All right. So, uh, <laughs> as far as conservation goes for yellow jackets, there aren't any real conservation concerns. One thing that is happening is there was a species of yellow jacket introduced to the U.S. in the 70s called the German yellow jacket um, that does sometimes choke out some of the native species. So that could be a problem for the native species of yellow jackets in the future. But as of right now, um, all of our native species are doing fine. There's a few different species of yellow jacket, but they're all okay conservation-wise. All right, so we're going to do our claw rating for these animals. I'll go ahead and kick it off. I'm going to give them like three, three claws. I don't, I just like, to me, I'm always a little upset when they're around and I'm worried that I'm going to get stung. I think they're really cool looking when you actually look closely at them. Their patterns are really cool. And I've learned before this episode, I probably would have given them a one or a two, but learning that they actually are beneficial and that they have this really interesting social structure, uh, bumped them up to a three, but they're three for me. Oh, I'm giving them a half a claw. Half a claw. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't like them. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think you I'm suggested going them. two. I know. Really? Two? Yeah. What I just the think they're like a less cool version of a bee. Okay. And then I like bees a lot. And then like, but like bees have all the cool stuff. The bees are top 10 for you, right? These guys like, no. Oh, that's Mike. Yeah. Uh, but these guys like take out bees and just chop their heads off and stuff. Yeah, it's more hornets, but mm. yeah. Wasp. Uh, but yellow jackets will kill them too. That's true. So then like, I don't, know, I don't like that. So okay. I'm going to put them at 888. All right. I'm speaking of eights. I'm going eight. All right. I think yellow jackets are sweet. I'm a, I'm a big fan of all bees, wasps, hornets, all that stuff. Uh, mostly just because they look super cool. They look like little warriors with like cool coloration, the big stinger, all that stuff. I think they're great. I don't have much more to add other than they just look really cool. <laughs> I always like when a sports team or something, their mascot is a yellow jacket. Yeah. I think it's a cool mascot. The, so I like the Mike, show. Jacket. Have you yeah. ever been Soccer stung? team. By a yellow jacket? Huh? Soccer team. Yeah. Okay. Like quite a few times, yeah. I don't hold it against them. So Mike, you don't? No. we okay. like see a sloth or a koala or a hippo and yeah. a yellow jacket's like on the ground nearby, yep. you're going to look at that. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> right. If there was a hippo in my backyard, Jeff... I'd lower the blinds. <laughs> uh, mom, thanks so much for joining us again. Thanks for sure. being our mom, our biggest fan. We love you. 
Thanks. All happy, of us love you a lot. Happy Thanks. Mother's Day. Happy and happy Mother's, Day. Mother's Day to all you mother listeners. Yeah. yeah. Mike, we really miss your mom a lot. We always say it on Mother's Day, but we do. Even I do, and I didn't know her, but yeah. I always wanted to meet her. Yeah. You would have gotten along famously. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Happy Mother's Day, all you moms out there. We love yeah. you all. Okay. We'll see ya. DM me. We'll see you. Bye. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs>